Hi everyone, I'm Zen, your astrologer, and welcome to your horoscope for the week of May the 31st, June the 6th, 2021. We have a very active and really powerful sky at play, and also the intensity is also due that we are in a period between eclipses. So on one hand, for perhaps a lot of people, the full effect of the Sagittarian total lunar eclipse which we had on May the 26th are still, you know, manifesting, entering their lives because, you know, a lunar eclipse, it works with, you know, illumination, it reveals the truth. So yes, we are releasing certain feelings, misaligned beliefs, old ideologies, old energies regardless of their shape and form and how they are an active part of our lives. And the way we release these energies, they are basically different for each person, because everyone will have this five degrees of Sagittarius, where the lunar eclipse took place in different parts of their chart, and everyone is basically a different personality. So the way the karmic forces manifest, especially with a total lunar eclipse, well, that is like custom tailored. They have to fit us, our stories, our past, of course, because, you know, the South Node is all the lessons of the past and all the karma that we have to release, which is specific and individual for each and every one of us. And this is just one part of the coin. The other side is the eclipse that we are heading towards that is the solar eclipse that we have in the sign of Gemini on the 10th of June 2021 and whereas a lunar eclipse completes the cycle it ends stuff it terminates certain programmings energies perceptions worldviews you know everything that has to do with the sign of Sagittarius a, a solar eclipse is focused on new beginnings, it is focused on very important decisions, choices, actions, communications, or perhaps something that we might express, specific to the sign of Gemini, of course. So because we are in this period between these two very important celestial events, perhaps these two eclipses are one of the highlights of 2021. We may feel a little bit trapped in duality. For example, this duality can mean so very many different things. The past and the future. We might still feel this need to resolve certain issues which are pending from the past. For example, perhaps legal issues, documents which have to do with legislation, administration foreign affairs, uh, relationships which were legally binding, you know, everything that has to do with Sagittarius. For other people, it is much more like a spiritual energy that is also quite symbolic for Sagittarius. Maybe they're releasing old ideologies, old way of perception and living their spirituality, their faith, or simply whatever they believe in. And naturally, for those individuals who are very aware of their karmic path, especially the old karma, what they are still invited to basically solve, 
Well, these individuals will feel like an urgent inner impulse, inner calling to somehow solve everything that may be still an active part of their lives, which sources from a ramification of the past, and naturally it binds them down or it somehow still disadvantages them. But as I said, this is just one part, one side of the energy. The other is extremely future-oriented, even if we might not um, have full clarity of how we kind of are planning on creating that future which we would truly like to experience and which ultimately serves our life purpose, it serves our highest good. This is basically the symbolism of the North Node in the sign of Gemini. Where basically in this period, also in this year, it is all about the plan. It is all about the mental construct of the mental pattern, which we basically build up brick by brick, slowly and surely based on our authenticity and inner truth, which serves as a blueprint, as an imprint for the future. So this is very intellect, very mind-oriented. But of course, our experience, our wisdom, our knowledge, everything basically that results from our philosophies and spirituality, the South Node in Sagittarius, well, it tells us that mental construct, a grand design, a plan, that which we are basically building mentally is healthy, it is grounded and it serves the long-term future if it's aligned with our emotions, with the heart, that which we desire from a soul level. This is where the heart and mind, emotion and intellect have to be really good bedfellows. They have to be able to shake hands and cooperate. And this is why the energies are dual, even from this perspective, mind and heart, intellect and emotions. And also the other symbolism of Gemini, us and the other, the other meaning, you know, any person who we have to deal with, anyone who is not us, basically. And this inner impulse to basically start working on the grand design of our futures, future plans, future choices, future decisions... And, you know, Venus is also in the sign of Gemini still at the beginning of the week. So it's also about everything that we love and we would like to bring with us in the future. But also everything that we no longer love, we no longer like, we no longer feel a certain kind of attraction or passion or Gemini curiosity towards. And, you know, very many times and it becomes so very clear to us everything that we do not like or love or do not feel attraction towards anymore, that is a much greater help than figuring out what we don't like because eliminating certain options, certain variants, certain possibilities or opportunities option which no longer resonate with us, well, that is already a massive help, especially when we are trying to get a very clear image, plan of our futures, whatever we choose to have in our lives, because this is very much about choice. 
the lunar eclipse wasn't that much about choice because it was a very strong karmic energy, but the solar eclipse is very self-oriented, so what we choose, we have an active saying in everything that we want to create new in our lives or we want to progress towards. And you know, Venus in Gemini is also about how we communicate our words and people who we share any kind of information and communication with. And that is also very susceptible to who it is that we love, who it is that we still trust, and of course the opposite of this. The very beginning of the week might be one of those moments when this inner calling will be at its most intense, you know, inviting us, especially mentally, our intellect, our thought processes, basically the light of our rationality and consciousness, to focus very much on the future that we need to create for ourselves, because that will be the moment when the sun is conjunct the north node, so it activates and illuminates this part of the sky, and this might be a moment when whatever this lunar eclipse had to reveal for us becomes very obvious. Our minds can perceive it very clearly, but at the same time where we're heading towards the future, the North Node, also becomes very crystal clear at the same time. But as I said, not the grand design, not the plan, but more like the big picture, what is most suitable, resonant, and of course beneficial to who we are as individuals. The sun is also the ego and our identity. And, you know, a moment when whatever we desire becomes very obvious to us, our minds can get like an energy boost where they start weaving the future plans almost on autopilot, it starts playing with certain options, with certain possibilities. It tries to anticipate how we can get to where we want to be. Even if the methodology, even if the construct of this mental imprint is not very clear, it is not very precise, we don't have the greater, greater clarity in the sense that all of this also depends, you know, on things which have to do with, you know, other people, our relationships, the world in general, society, basically everything that doesn't really depend on us and our choices very directly. But that's not really a problem because Gemini is a very adaptable energy and it's not just Gemini that is highlighted. We have Neptune and Jupiter in their home sign of Pisces, another very adaptable, mutable energy, so we, we are not just adapting and finding basically the right measure mentally, but also intuitively Pisces, emotionally and psychologically. But as I said earlier, this involves us being able to look at the duality for what it really is. May du duality mean the past and the future, May it mean the mind and the heart. May it mean what we love or and what we reject. May it be our relationships as in who still resonates with us and basically the future us and who no longer has their place in our futures. 
Unfortunately, we have a very stable, grounding, uh, truth and reality check oriented energy in the sky. But this is not the kind which we had last week, where, you know, basically Jupiter squared the sun. That was like a very hard and, you know, not so pleasant reality check. This is where we have the sun, again, the light of our consciousness, rationality, intellect, forming a trine, a supremely harmonious celestial conversation with Saturn, you know, physical reality, whatever is possible, the right modus operandi in the fellow air sign of Aquarius. So this is basically like a blessing. This is easy energy. This is a gentle wake-up call. This is a very useful and helpful reality check, even if it might manifest, for example, as the opinion of someone extremely experienced in life, like a professional, like someone who has a lot of life experience, a parent, for example. All of these have so much to do with Saturn, also a teacher, a mentor, it can manifest as, let's say, constructive criticism where it truly serves your greater good. So no need to take it offensively, personally. And because this is a trine, chances are you will actually see it for what it truly is, something truly beneficial so you won't misinterpret it or at least not for the long term. You know, misinterpretation is quite an active theme right now. Because of Mercury retrograde in its home sign of Gemini, you know, communication and all of that. But I'll get to the analysis of Mercury retrograde a little bit later on in this horoscope. So now back to Saturn trining the sun. This is exactly the right opinion, the right kind of criticism, the right kind of observation. Or perhaps it is like inspiration. Influence coming from a person who has power in higher places, especially, you know, society, an institution, a collective, a group of people, a company, for example, or knows how to solve certain very practical things like paperwork, like filling out forms, the right way to approach, you know, like, for example, a grant or a project, Maybe they have experience on the internet, social media, how to advertise, how to share, how to convince people. But because this is also Saturn retrograde, which means that the energy is much more embodied, so it doesn't necessarily have to mean another person. It can just be simply you, your senses, your rationality, your sense of logic. Basically, the machine in our heads ticking in our greatest good towards our own personal advantage. And when this processor in our brains functions in a very safe, sound, structured, grounded way, then is a moment when we have the best possible ideas, mindset, solution, and Saturn and Aquarius future-oriented way of thinking. That is also an energy when our boundaries, our limitations, everything that we basically cannot accept, including like moral values, which let's say we cannot simply release, which we hold very dear, 
including principles, philosophies, ways of thinking. For example, everything that has to do with freedom, with equality, equity, you know, the sign of humanitarian values. So this is where us knowing, feeling, being aligned with our boundaries and limitations as well is a very, very helpful influence because if we basically plan the future knowing full well that which we can accept, that which we can compromise, that which we can uh, adapt ourselves towards and that which we cannot, let's say regardless of what happens, well, that is already a position of greater clarity. And at the same time, the trine that the sun holds with Saturn comes as a saving grace, grounding our minds, grounding us in physical reality. For another energy at play is Mercury retrograde, holding a square with Neptune in Pisces, which is the same type of hard reality check which we had ongoing last week at the time of the eclipse and even prior to that, where Neptune can also be our illusions, our highest ideals, but in a very naive way where we might get extremely carried away, where we might not really approach things from a very reality-based perspective. It can be basically like dreams taken to extreme, it can be like ideals, which might be very positive, very empathic, even humanitarian, uh, love-oriented, but this is the unconditional kind of love, Neptune. And even though all of this is absolutely fantastic, because this alone speaks volumes about who you truly are, but we must also take into consideration that... Neptune in Pisces, especially in the third deacon, well, it can very well symbolize self-sacrificial tendencies where we might focus on excessive compassion, the undoing of the self, where we just sacrifice much more than we can afford, either energy-wise, soul-wise, karmically, spiritually. And that is exactly why this square between Neptune and Mercury retrograde warns us of where the healthy limits are. It kind of wakes us up that even if we are the most positive, loving, compassionate, humanitarian, altruistic person who basically the Christ consciousness, so to speak, but we have to basically have measure, self-discipline, uh, the ability to anticipate the outcome of our actions, even our compassionate actions, to serve a healthy balance. Basically, you know the saying, the road to hell is paved with good intention, or basically when someone overdoes help, self-sacrifice, what they do for other people that can make the other person, the subject of the compassion, lazy, or that might be a road to disempowerment where whatever we provide in great excess might not really serve the other person's greater good. So this is where this energy also highlights our limits and the barrier, the boundary, so to speak, between what is healthy compassion and what is not, where we have to also serve ourselves, our own interests, 
you know, our social position, our relationship, the balance between them. And also the energy, emotional energy, mental energy, the helping hand that we lend to others. So that is also basically self-sacrifice regardless of how we look at it. And this Mercury retrograde, you know, squaring Neptune and Pisces, it is also about the past. How certain scenarios, relationships, events, choices, our own future plans played out in the past. How they served certain aspects of our beings and where we might have made a mistake, a wrong choice. uh, Something that we shared excessively with another person. Perhaps the naive trust that we gave to others and how it disadvantaged us. But at the same time, all the things that we did right, all the plans that worked out, all the strategies that did lead us to a harvest or which did bear some fruit, so they might have advantaged us. So under a Mercury retrograde, as you know, normal, we take a retrospective look back at how certain things, especially plans, ideas, tactics, relationships mental constructs and patterns played out in the past, how they are a part of our present, as in what it is that we have in our lives, in our possession, especially intellectually, mentally, or within our relationship, which we can work with, which we can start building our futures with. And naturally, like all Mercury retrogrades, this is where we truly plan very carefully where we go back to the drawing board as many times as it is needed, where we analyze everything past, present and future, where we are extremely careful not to repeat the same errors, mistakes, misjudgment, tactical misjudgment, for example, that we know for a fact that disadvantages us or perhaps it is our weaker point. This is also the energy, you know, of misinterpretation or where there are blockages on communications in relationships, in what we express about ourselves, what we write, how we speak about ourselves and others. But, you know, this is where all of the blockages, all of the inconveniences, all of the confrontations, let's say, All of the errors of judgment, misinterpretations actually serve a quite positive purpose because they highlight that which is blocked. May it be energetically, may it be, for example, a paperwork which had some errors in it. Of course, the circulation, the forward movement of that paperwork is going to be stopped for rectification. So usually the inconveniences, the blockages, even, you know, the misinterpretations of the words and communications of others are quite beneficial because they give us the chance to rectify, to correct, to set straight. Now, of course, another effect of this Mercury retrograde is the breakdown of electronics, especially those devices which we use for communication or to share or to receive information, like phones, anything that has to do with software, computers, laptops, GPS, satellite systems. 
even cars, even equipment which we used to navigate and travel with. It is also not a very good period to buy and invest into new electronic devices, to sign new contracts, you know, out of sheer impulse, to make long-term promises, to agree to something which might bind us legally or in any other way for the long term. This includes even, you know, relationships where we agree to being part of a relationship. It is much better to, you know, take things slowly, to take time to get to know the other person, to communicate, to share, to get into the deeper thinking, philosophies, perceptions, life views of whoever you're dealing with, because that is basically a mirror of who they truly are on the inside. But all of these are quite typical to any Mercury retrograde, because, you know, Mercury is a planet which influences the flow, the circulation, the direction, included the a quantum expression of energies, electricity, the wavelength, of radio, you know, and the internet signal and everything which has to do with modern technology. Well, that is the more physical expression of Mercury. But our brains, even from a quite philosophical perspective, you know, our thoughts, our thought processes, our words, which are basically information, they are charged with something that we want to share or manifest or, you know, they might be seen as the embodiment of our thoughts because we speak it out, we name it, we manifest it as either a word, a sound, basically, which other people can interpret, which they can perceive, or which we may manifest as the written word. So when Mercury, of course not in physical reality, goes backwards, well, these energies do tend to go a little bit haywire, they do tend to become a little bit chaotic, multi-dimensional, and especially, you know, in Gemini, where Mercury is the ruler, and Gemini is all about duality, two sides, two uh, polarities, both the earthly and the divine, as above, so below, so all of these have to do with duality. Well, both sides of the spectrum become alive and have a sense of direction at the same time. So it's quite easy to see how this may cause blockages, errors or coincidences in so very many ways of expression of this energy physically, mentally, even emotionally, especially when our thoughts don't match our emotions. That might be something that stirs us up. And the 1st of June might be a very relevant day in this sense, you know, when we're also emotionally stirred up, because the moon is going to hold a conjunction with Jupiter and Pisces, so that really, really activates our emotions and our emotional worlds, and even intuition, dreams, etc. The third can also be a very relevant moment, because this time Neptune meets the moon in the sky, and together they square Mercury retrograde, but of course, this can have also different expressions where uh, people from the past resurface in our lives suddenly, unexpectedly, 
an old best friend, an old acquaintance, an old classmate, schoolmate, someone who we used to know uh, returns into our lives, especially through messages, communication, reaching out, or why not a coincidental meeting. And this might also be a fated energy when certain bridges are going to be re-established. So again, I say there is no need to fear Mercury retrograde because it really has its favorable uh, qualities to it. It does have its advantages, you know, especially for public speakers, those who write, those who work with the public, those who basically communicate, those who make their living via social media or publishing certain information. Well, for those people, it is always a really good time to perfect their skills, to perfect their ways of communication, self-expression, you know, to enrich their vocabulary, to learn new things from other people, or to study, or to re-study a specific subject where you just upgrade your inner software, if that makes sense. So there are a lot of blessings and a lot of, you know, missed opportunities returning back into our lives, which are linked to a Mercury retrograde. So the inconveniences, you know, break, stop breaking down, miscommunication, misinterpretations, stop of uh, documents and paperwork, you know, breakdown of cars and stuff like that. That is just, let's say, the price that we have to pay in order to tap into the blessings of a Mercury retrograde, especially in Gemini. Which kind of gives us the chance to perfect ourselves that much more. For example, to learn that which we have delayed or that which we have chosen not to learn at a given moment. To speak out, express either verbally or in a written way our truth, our emotions. To tell someone something that we always wanted to voice and we just never had either the right form of expression, the right moment, the right circumstances, or we might not have known our own side of the story, our own truth, this clearly. So basically this Mercury retrograde is a really good energy and most importantly it is preparing us for the moment of the solar eclipse in Gemini when all of us one way or another in certain areas of our lives, well, we will have to make choices, decisions. This is where we have to truly start perfecting our future plans, both the big picture and also all the small little details. Everything just has to fall into place. We need to have the grand design. Of course, not necessarily on the 10th of June, because the sphere of influence is the next six months. So, this only begins this mental construction process. Now, after these being said, there is another type of energy in the sky, which is much more feeling, which is much more emotion and actually spiritual oriented. First of all, Venus exits the sign of Gemini and enters into Cancer. And Venus is quite comfortable and powerful at the same time in this part of the sky. This is where she is able to bring forward her highest qualities, empathy, understanding, forgiveness, 
a maternal, feminine, creational and protective and nurturing energy. The beauty in everything. The beauty of love, the beauty of solidarity, the beauty of compassion. This is also a really, really good artistic energy of inspiration and also emotional pleasure, emotional comfort and security, emotional healing. And since Venus is going to be holding a trine, a conversation of supreme harmony with Jupiter, as soon as she enters Cancer, this is a really, really fortunate, regenerative, healing and actually lucky energy because the ancients thought about Jupiter as the greater benefic, bestower of blessings, and Venus is the lower benefic. So each and every time when they meet a conversation of harmony, well, that is good news for all of us. It can be, for example, love entering your life. Love as compassion, understanding, empathy, solidarity. It can also be romantic love. It can also be, for example, good fortune, divine love, a help or a very fortunate manifestation from the divine source, Jupiter in Pisces, where it can turn into anything that you need in your life in order to have emotional security, a sense of belonging, a sense of groundedness, because this is the most positive expression of Venus in the sign of Cancer, the sign of the mother. It is a really beautiful, inspirational, hyper-creative energy for all artists, especially musicians, because Jupiter in Pisces is all about the magic of music, the magic of sound, also the lyrics, not just the physical effect of the sound, the harmonies. The lyrics can also be deeply inspirational because basically they're poetry after all. This is also a really good energy for everyone who's into painting or any kind of creative expression. This is also the energy of romance. This is where very deep, very magical romantic connections can basically enter our lives. Also in a rather fated way, you know, Jupiter is extremely strong in its home sign of Pisces. And Pisces is a fated energy. It is basically a karmic energy. This can also be about everything that gives us emotional and soul level pleasure. So naturally romance is definitely included in this. But it, it can be also like a really beautiful friendship, understanding and sympathy of others, of those people who we deeply love and regard as family not just our flesh and blood families. This is also a really good energy to decorate, redecorate or change the style of your home, design, everything which has to do with interior design because Cancer is also the home, the house, the temple of our souls, which in a physical expression is the body and the body has to have a home. And you know, this is, as I said, also very lucky, fortunate and fated energy. So basically, if you're looking for that right home, that right house, that right place, which basically calls your soul, 
well, this might be a moment when you find it either by sheer coincidence or through other people, maybe a suggestion. Now, usually this energy would have a downside as well because, you know, Venus trining Jupiter is definitely an emotional, a spiritual high. So it might, you know, take our heads way too high up in the clouds. But fortunately, this time around, at the same time, we have the sun trining Saturn. And that makes sure that we are also grounded in physical reality. So this is where we won't get lost in illusion. This is where we will be able to take the divine inspiration, the magic, the dreams, the elevated states, all the love, the emotion, even the romance, totally in the right way, not getting lost in it. Because let's not forget, we have that Mercury retrograde energy and the Sun trining Saturn. So this keeps us with our feet on the ground. We will not get lost in the mists of Pisces. And at the same time, this can also be a really powerful fated energy for a lot of people. Because Mars also holds a supremely harmonious conversation, a trine with Neptune. And basically that is the power of love where we take our love as a fuel, as a battery, as the very source of our existence and do something really, really noble, magical with it. So again, Mars trining Neptune is also a romantic energy because Neptune is the higher octave of Venus. So it's all about love and compassion, empathy, magic, spirituality, emotional healing. And this is where we will definitely find some help out there if we are struggling, if we feel alone. And if, you know, nothing else is available for us personally and our stories, that other person may, may very well be the divine somehow entering our lives in such a way that we can clearly perceive, feel, and embrace that we are definitely not alone, that something, you know, mysterious, like a divine intelligence, like a divine love, is working in the world in our greatest, towards our greatest advantage. And also because of this Mars, Mars is the planet of action, Mars is the male principle, and Neptune is the divine source, this is where... Our souls cry out for love, for romance, for empathy, compassion, and appreciation. And also the embrace of the spirit and beauty of the spirit might attract manifestations of exactly what we desire in our lives. This is really a good energy for the kind of soulmate type of connections, for fated romance, but also simply karmic connections which heal you emotionally even if it's not a romantic uh, relationship or connection. Mars also holds a different kind of celestial conversation, one of tension with Pluto, for it opposes its higher octave. Pluto retrograde in Capricorn, so this might also represent the need for a compromise this might also represent the need to embody basically our 
healed, regenerated, balanced self. Because under this energy, if we project our wounds, our hurts, everything that makes us unhappy, everything that basically makes us be a victim onto others, onto the world, our relationships, communications, and also the divine, you know, if we exaggerate with our drama, well, then that is what we're going to attract in our lives. And even though there is all this harmony in the sky, and the universe might send a person who can truly understand us and help us in one way or another, if we embody self-victimization, if we embody our hurts, wounds, and traumas, we might very well basically reject that person, so reject the divine help. That is why there is this need to compromise what we project onto others, because Pluto is ultimately also the shadow, also our wounds, and also our own personal alchemized energy. So we need to make sure that we stand from a place of balance, profound self-knowledge and authenticity, because otherwise this energy might attract challenges. For example, Pluto can be seen as temptation, infidelity, our obsessions, our, let's say, and symbolically speaking, fatal attractions, our obsessive curiosity. So we must make sure that this is not the way how spirit manifests because, you know, spirit is spirit. Even a demonic entity is classed as a spirit energy. So basically, if that frequency is more alive in us than the other, for example, like a flaming desire, an obsession, unhealthy passions or like a very strong attraction or basically Pluto is the alchemist that also means transfiguring reality, lying basically, lying to ourselves, manipulating ourselves, which automatically equals manipulating others as well. So we have to be very careful how we use this Pluto because what plays out in us is exactly what we're gonna get. Now, a more external expression of this energy, well, this might represent a power struggle. Who it is that we allow to have power over us? In which way? In which measure? Is it healthy? Is it not so very healthy? How much of our personal power and freedom do we surrender for a specific gain or transaction? For example, work. We surrender energy and time of our lives, which we're never ever gonna get back, which we basically we spend, which we basically sacrifice. You know, we alchemize it into money, resources, and anything which has to do with work and job. Which, of course, it is absolutely fine, it is logical, it is rational. But we must also consider, know this Neptune, that we will never ever get back those moments, those hours, those days, those years. So, for example, if we do not love, if we do not feel emotionally, spiritually, even intellectually fulfilled by what we are doing, then this opposition might reflect back at us that, 
look, you're wasting precious moments of your life if it doesn't fulfill you at all, if it's just simply money, if it just is earthly power, then maybe you should reconsider. Again, Mercury retrograde is ideal for this, ideal for a change of heart, for a change of mind, for a change of feelings. And we may also see this on a more global scale because there, this might highlight certain inequalities between genders, for example, income-wise, money-wise, Pluto and Capricorn. It might highlight other types of inequalities between countries, ethnic groups, etc. Mars in Cancer is all about ethnicity, your country of origins, your culture. So this can also be cultural inequalities, imbalances, even discrimination, manipulation. So globally speaking, this might lead once again to protests, to certain demonstrations, to a demand and cry out to change the legislation, to make it more fairer, especially that which influences the economic side not just internationally, but also within a country and a culture, because that is basically cancer. And yet, on the other hand, this can also play out as, you know, Mars in Cancer is the solidarity, the unity, you know, the compassion-based alliance of people, the power of people, versus the power of the state, centralized power, Pluto and Capricorn, so we might be seeing clashes, demonstrations, protests, and even, you know, uprisings potentially. Because this Venus holds a sextile with planetoid Eris, goddess of discord, goddess of rebellion. She is in the sign of Aries, so that means instinct, that means the head. And Venus emotion, feeling, so emotions of desire for freedom, desire for equality, the desire to be accepted, to have fair chances, might simply rush to the head. And that, of course, means that certain people will take to the streets. And also this Mars and Pluto opposition may also cause certain confrontations within relationships. For example, who has a greater advantage, who makes the choices, the decisions, who holds the power, and naturally, you know, there has to be a certain kind of balance, equality, but not in an ideal sense as 50-50, what equality and balance means for each individual, even within a relationship, for example, some people might be lacking passion from their relationship, from their marriage, let's say, but they might get a lot of material comfort and a lot of material support. So basically, it is a compromise that does provide a certain kind of balance. And this is where all of us have to decide what we allow, what we accept, what we can live with, and what we need to change, transform, and ultimately eliminate. So this concludes your horoscope. Thank you so much for listening. I do hope that you enjoyed it and you found it useful. If you'd like to support my work, 
You can donate in the PayPal link in the description below. With this being said, I wish everyone a magical, really, really fortunate Venus Trine Jupiter and romantic week. Until next time, bye for now.